the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Proverbs 22 is a chapter that has several familiar proverbs that as we read through this, I think you'll, oh, that's where it is. But one that may not be as I would say known is one that's the centerpiece of the relationship we have with the Lord. And that's in Proverbs 22, 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. This is Bert Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarlane, and it's our joy to be coming with you today to share in God's Word. That's why we call it Exploring the Word. And we're in Proverbs. We're going through this big, long book. We're in chapter 22, and we've got about nine more to go. So we're going to do that and uh, get through and look forward to it. But verse 4, Alex, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. I I just want to share, you got to be humble enough, and you got to know the Lord and to trust Him. So verse 4, I I think, is a hidden gem among all these great Proverbs in chapter 22. Well, really, it's the fear of the Lord that makes us humble, isn't it? You know, pride and arrogance. I, I heard a minister say one time, you know, pride says, I don't need the Lord. Humility says, I don't need anything but the Lord, you know? And like it says, it's riches and honor and life. Uh, Verse 6 is another one of those famous verses that you say, oh, that's where that is, very famously. And Bert, I would assume Proverbs 22.6 is one of the most quoted scriptures in all of the Word. But it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Uh, you know, Bert, I've talked with many a concerned parent that they were claiming that verse, uh, hoping that a prodigal would return and come back to Christ. But from the training up of a child to the when they are old, they will not depart from it. Sometimes there's a big interval in between there, isn't there? There really is. As I've looked at this, we know as we discussed the book of Proverbs at the beginning, it's it's filled with promises and principles. I look this as a principle with promise. That is okay. the principle. I have observed and seen wayward children that as far as the parents was concerned, they had trained them up as best they could, but they stayed away from the Lord. But this gives hope. Alex, that's the idea. Uh, there's hope in this. There's hope in parenting. There's hope Uh, in preaching the Word. There's hope in sharing the Word. So train up a child in the way he should go. Now, how should he go? Uh, A lot of folks say according to their turn, according to the direction, you know. Some are more, uh, I would say, you know, stubborn, and others are more compliant. Dr. Dobson talked about this quite a bit, Dr. James Dobson, the compliant child. And if your first child is compliant, and you think, man, I got this down, Pat. Chances are the second one won't be. Second, <laughs> that's exactly right. And uh, so, but this is a this is hope. That's that's what I want to share with you today. This verse gives us hope. Well, Bert, and let me say this too: um, we are to train up children in the way that they should go. Obviously, the ways of Jesus Christ to have a personal relationship with the Lord and then follow the Word of God. But I also think we need to help young people understand the ways they should not go. And and we talk about that in our seminars and our curriculum. And when he, when he is old, he will not depart from it. Bert, it's amazing how the responsibilities of adult life and family and marriage, and um, certainly if you run a business, i got to tell you, uh, the hard realities of life will make people come back very often to the straight and narrow. You know what I'm saying? You will. You know, when you're young, you think your dad or mom, you know, man, they don't know anything. And all of a sudden, uh, when you reach adulthood, some people, it's 18, 21, somewhere, you say, man, they were smarter than I thought they were. And so uh, it is return. There's this old song, I will return to the God of my fathers, to Mm -hmm. the God of my childhood. I remember that song. It's an older song now. 
but and I don't hear it sung much, but it was a beautiful song. I will return to the God of my fathers. Amen. Those of you who are listening today and you've you're wayward, you're going your way rather than God's way, you're going the way that you know is not right. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. I want to share with you right now. You can repent, turn to God, ask him for his forgiveness and ask him to guide you and restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. And so that's our desire. And if you need someone to talk to, we have partners, and you can reach them at 1-800-NEED-HIM. That's the number you can call, 1-800-NEED-HIM. Come back to God. Uh, If you've been that prodigal, wayward, don't stay that way. Don't stay in the pig pen. Get out of that pig pen. Come to yourself, observe and see, and know that the Lord is good and he will help you. Well, verse 7 of Proverbs 22 is certainly a reality that uh, we have seen in this world. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. And, uh, you know, Bert, one of the big three in marital problems is is money. You know, there there are several stresses that are on marriages, but money. And and I, I know at various times, um, debt is, is a tool that can be used responsibly. But when um, debt and interest, compound interest, uh, gets out of control, oh my goodness, that is an enslavement, isn't it, Bert? The borrower is servant to the lender. Verse 7, and real quickly, turn over to verses 26 and 27, because it has connections mm. with that. It says, do not be one of those who shakes hands in a pledge, one of those who is surety for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should he take away your bed from under you? In other words, if you don't have it, you better not pledge. I'm going to you, take care of that debt. Better be careful with that, hadn't you, Alex? I think you, it's a warning not to do it. You might not have a place to lay your head at night. That's, That's exactly what it's right. Yes, it does. Um, let, let me read on just a little bit. It says in verse 8, He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow, and the rod of his anger will fall. He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. Cast off the scoffer, and contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. See, there's a connection, and I'm just going to say it, between lack of character and the downfall of life, whether it be uh, to live foolishly or to spend or to go into debt or to tell lies or to to uh, stir up anger and contention or to spread a false report. Bert, there's a connection between uh, bad beliefs and bad destructive behavior, isn't there? There really is. And again, verse 10 is so strong. I can't help but remember the six things God hates and one who is so in discord among brothers. Now here, cast off the scoffer. Contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. That individual, male or female, regardless who that person might be, that is always stirring up contention. It seems like they may live for it. They they thrive on it. They're miserable. Uh, I'll just put it this way. They're miserable, and they're wanting to make everybody else's life miserable. And, and they're scoffers. They mock, and they do all that. And strife, listen, uh, as much as, let me just say this, as much distance as you can put between you and them is good. Now, when mm-hmm. you live with them, because it talks about, the contentious woman, that contentious woman is the same one that is causing this. That son that is doing that is the same or child or the husband. And so sometimes that space cannot be given. But if it can be given, Alex, uh, that's what it says. When this person is is put away, away from you, strife will cease. And uh, it, it's hard to live with continually, you know? Well, it, it really is. It really is. Uh, verse 11 is wonderful. He who loves purity of heart and has grace on his lips, the king will be his friend. Purity of heart and grace on his lips. Uh, Bert, uh, God has all the connections. And I we, I think we've all been places not only in business or work, but it, I assure you in ministry. And there are always people jockeying for position. they got to climb that social ladder 
Do you know what? Promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west, but promotion comes from God. And at verse 11 of Proverbs 22, purity of heart, grace, and truth on your lips, and uh, you'll wind up in, in the right relationships. It says the king will be his friend. Now, if, if you can make friends with a king, you can make friends with anybody. <laughs> Amen. Don't, don't you love the connection between the heart and the words that come from your mouth? Out of the heart are the issues of life. Develop a pure heart, a pure mind. Your heart, the way the Bible talks about it, is your, is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you desire that to be pure. It means it's not double-minded. It, it, it's not influenced by that which is uh, contrary and difficult. No, purity of heart is right relationship with God and right thinking from God. Our thinking should come from God, which is from the Word of God, the Holy Spirit guiding us, and having that mentality. Alex, out of that will come that grace from the lips, not judgmental, not uh, uh, scoffing, but you know, grace, what what an opportunity that is for believers to have that as part of their life. Bert, I got to tell you this before this first break, and folks, we're in Proverbs chapter 22, but verse 12 says, the eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, but he overthrows the words of the faithless. Now, Bert, a couple years ago, uh, Angie and I were going in this drugstore, and out front was a bin of free books. It says free, you know, take take a book if you want it. And and it was a big old bin full of old paperbacks. And uh, it, frankly, they were covered with dust because they'd been out there a while and in the weather. And I was looking, and of all things, covered in dust in the, the free, basically throwaway pile, was this 90-year-old book, Why I Am Not a Christian by Bertrand Russell. Huh. And it's a book basically about the problem of pain and suffering. If there is a God, why is there pain in the world? And we know because of sin. And I thought about this. Here was a man back in the 20s and 30s that was thought to be so brilliant. And he was an atheist. And in his time, you know, they talked about what an intellect he was. And 90 years later, his, his magnum opus <laughs> is in the free, take it. And free is about what his book was worth, which yeah. is nothing. Hey, God will overthrow the words of the faithless. He will. He He's looking, going to and fro through all the earth, looking to whom he make make himself known. Let him make himself known to you. He desires to have that relationship with you. We'll be back with more right after this break. What could healthcare sharing mean to you? Well, if you're like a lot of people who switched to MediShare, honestly, it's a huge relief. Like for the parents of an eight-year-old girl fighting cancer, it's confidence they have in having a community praying for them and paying their medical bills so they can focus on just being there and loving their daughter. Or for a young couple getting ready to welcome their first child into the world, it's being able to be in the moment, getting to enjoy this great gift from God without worrying about medical bills. And it's a relief these days to know you can actually save some money on something. The typical family saves $500 a month by switching to MediShare. And it's a ministry. When you call them, you talk to actual humans who want to help you. So that's a relief too. MediShare has been around 30 years. It's affordable, reliable health care. It's a great time to switch to. Call now. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Dr. Tony Evans says too many people live what's called a rented lifestyle, built on a growing mound of debt. But that's a dangerous departure from God's plan. And we'll see why as we spend two minutes with Tony. Self-ownership has created a major problem in our culture, and that is the problem of debt. Far too many people, even Christians, are drowning in a sea of debt. And as a result, they are not able to live life as life was designed to be lived. God wants you to be free from being a slave to illegitimate debt. And so you find people now who are strapped, paying minimum payments that go on forever. 
Instead of living for the future, we wind up paying for the past. When the Bible talks about debt, it's talking about bills you are unable to pay. You are unable to pay them timely. Where your liabilities exceed your assets. Or where you are out of alignment with your resources because of your financial obligations. God does not want that to be normal for your life. He even told Israel in Deuteronomy 15 verse 1, he says, I do not want you to carry a bill more than seven years because this is the rule of the Lord your God. So God never intended for there to be a lifetime of economic slavery. Learn how you can make God's priorities your priorities. Check out Tony's CD series, Kingdom Stewardship, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Now, back to the Bible study. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the the cross, for sure. And you know what? In the book of Proverbs, in God's book of wisdom, it's about truth, T-R-U-T-H, truth. And we're so glad you're listening. Alex McFarland here along with Bert Harper, and you are listening to the American Family Radio Network. And uh, by the way, on the website, AFR.net, these shows are archived, and you can listen again, or you could forward a link and share with somebody. And I'll tell you what else is on the the mobile device and on the website, AFR.net, is a station map. Bert, I was with some uh, Christian leaders earlier this morning, and people were saying, where can we listen to you? We live, you know, down in South Carolina. We live in Virginia, and we want to follow where the stations are. And so whether it's on a mobile device or what we call a terrestrial radio station, you can you can hear the programming of AFR just about everywhere in North America, just about, can't you? We Bert? do. We get calls from California, New York. We've got them from New Hampshire, and uh, not a station in that area, but because of the apps, because of all the things that's so, uh, available today, uh, you can hear it. And by the way, if you want to see us, you can go to streaming.afa.net. That's streaming.afa.net or go to Exploring the Word Facebook and uh, yeah. you can you can observe as well as listen. Well, Bert, uh, we're going to get to Proverbs twenty two thirteen. I got a call earlier today from uh, the Washington Post or Washington Times. I'm not sure which it was, but they, they wanted me to comment on uh, absenteeism in the workplace. And I think I've done every interview that you can imagine. But they called and they said they want me to make a statement on there's all these statistics about absenteeism, people not going to work. And I was in a meeting and was not able to do that interview. And I'm kind of glad because I haven't really formulated what I might have said. But listen to verse 13 of Proverbs 22. Said the lazy man says there's a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. In other (laughs) words, I can't get out and go to work. There might be a, a predator in the street, and I better stay inside where it's safe. I'm just going to say, and we've said this before, uh, for God's glory, have a work ethic. Yep. You know, uh, verse 13 is a, a a rather unusual excuse for not going into work, isn't it? It really is, and it's repeated again later on, and it says it a little bit different way, but uh, you know, it's an excuse, and uh, I might get hurt. I I be be careful. Now, if you're way up north in the United States, rather than it being hot like 80 degrees in February up there, like my uh, out in Denver, Colorado area this morning, they woke up nine below zero, and while we're Ouch. having record-setting highs here in the south, they're having record-cutting. Uh, you know, breaking uh, lows in, in that northern swath of of the, you know, what's going through that Canadian front moving through, that Arctic front moving through. But work when you can. Have that work ethic and, and do it as under the Lord. Verse 14 continues, The mouth of an immoral woman is a deep pit, and he who abhorred of the Lord will fall there. 
Listen, I just want to share with you, know who you're hanging with, know, observe, and sometimes it takes time in relationships, but when you get that yellow uh, flag or red flag, that caution light, be careful, go slowly, and then you come to verse 15, and I think this, I want to balance this out, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. Now, I just want to share with you, the rod is not the answer for every problem because the Bible says in Ephesians, when Paul was writing to the church at Ephesians, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and training admonition of the Lord. So with that encouragement and discipline, do both. Don't, don't, just say it. You're not worth, I've heard it, you're not worth the salt. Uh, it wasn't said to me by my dad, but I've heard other dads say that to their children. You're, you're not worth a plug nickel. I've heard that. Mm. And don't do that. Please uh, stay away from that. They may need correction, and sometimes they need the rod. They may need to be time out. They may need discipline. But uh, I, I, with all my heart, Alex, as we read the book of Proverbs, I believe God has balance to those things. Well, you know, exactly. And um, verse 15 says, Foolish, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. Now, I realize that's not politically correct. Dr. Spock's baby book <laughs> 60 years ago, uh, which I think has been a very negative thing, but it, it basically said you should never discipline a child. The Word of God here says the rod of correction uh, will drive it far from him. By the way, I want to look at the word for a minute, bound, B-O-U-N-D. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. And in other words, it's inevitable. Look, and and I'm not talking about childhood innocent cutting up or silliness, but it's talking about there is a sin nature. Now, the word bound, in other words, it is inevitable that we've got this predisposition to sin. You know, um, love divine, all loves excelling is an old hymn. It says, take away our bent to sinning. We've got this bent. Now, Bert, I've I've never been able to find out if there's a connection. Do you remember that um, song Doris Day sang, Kesara, Sarah, whatever? Yes, we'll yes, yes. Well, the Hebrew word for bound is Kesara. Now, I don't know if it's the same as that uh, Latin phrase, kesara, but it means it's inevitable. Look, we all have a sin nature. There's no, there, there's no perfect child uh, except for Jesus, but he had no sin nature. But the rest of us, we need discipline. We need correction. Bert, don't we need uh, a, a loving parent to discipline, guide, and yes, at times correct as the child grows up? Yes, and I want to quote one of your friends, Josh McDowell. Uh, I thank God for him. I've met him and talked with him, but I know you were closer to him than me. But he, he said, listen, rules for children from parents, will, rules without relationship will lead to rebellion. But also the reverse of that, that, you know, that relationship without any rules or out the boundaries, mm. it leads to rebellion as well. And listen, that's what I was trying to say earlier. There needs to be that balance in your life of encouraging that child. Find out their interests. Find out what, uh, you know, boredom. Uh, and I, that was a word that we didn't use at, under my dad, John Maurice Harper. That that word that we was raised on the farm, so there was always plenty to do. But yeah. listen, uh, love those children. Love them enough to discipline correctly. Love them enough to encourage them well. And watch God do a great work in their life. Well, it says in verse 16, He who oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he who gives to the rich will surely come to poverty. You don't go anywhere in life exploiting people, and you don't really go anywhere bribing people. Amen. Uh, verse 17 talks about inclining our ear and being wise enough to listen to wisdom, to apply our heart to knowledge. And verse 18 says, it is a pleasant thing if we keep them within you. In other words, wisdom, it's good for us and it yields good fruit. Verse 19, so that your trust may be in the Lord. 
I have instructed you today, even you, have I not written to you excellent things of counsels and knowledge that I may make you to know the certainty of the words of truth. Bert, I would love to uh, describe the Bible in that way. What is the Bible? The certainty of the words of truth. God's word is truth. And I'm going to quote the New Testament, John 10, 35. Jesus said, the scripture cannot be broken. Bert, that was true. That still is true, isn't it? It's true. It really is. And I want to make an observation here in the writing of Proverbs. What you've heard, you'd have maybe two verses connected, uh, you know, but now you're getting over to the end of it, and you'll see several verses that are grouped together to prove a point. And this is the first one for a while, verse 17 through 21. They're all culminating to verse 21. Uh, Incline your ear, apply your heart, a pleasant thing to keep, fix your heart. And then it says that I may know, that I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth, that you may answer words of truth to those who send to you. All of that is bound up in 17 through 20 of instruction, of hearing. And when that happens, Alex, that certainty of the words of truth They're real, but it becomes a part of your life. They are real. The Word of God is settled in heaven. It is the instructions for life. But when you apply it to your life first by faith and then by uh, obedience in doing that, Alex, uh, verse 21 becomes reality. I I just noticed that's the first time in a while you had that many verses connecting to go to a point in the book of Proverbs. Amen. Amen. Well, and there there are more admonitions about not exploiting the poor. Verse 23 says, for the Lord will plead their cause. Isn't that something? Now, verse 24, and let me tell you, this is really good advice. Amen. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go, lest you learn his ways and set a snare to your soul. Um Look, we love people. We we do our best to minister to people. But, Bert, I have found in the workplace and even in the church people that can't control their emotions and have a hair-trigger temper. Uh, very, very hard to deal with people like that, isn't it? It really is. And, again, 24 and 25 says it well, lest you learn his ways. Mm. Uh, you run—this <laughs> uh, is a cliche—you run with the dogs— that has fleas and you'll get fleas, you know? Mm. So it, it rubs, it rubs off if you're not careful, those that are around you, but at the same time, those that have quality of life, those that, uh, you you say, well, I'm just trying to pull them up. Listen, I, I just want to tell you, you can keep the acquaintance. You, You don't write them off. You pray for them. But you are very careful about the friendship, about the amount of time yeah. you spend with them. There needs to be some distance in those. and, and that's, boundaries. It, it really is. And, and there was a book written about boundaries. And, and Book of Proverbs, yeah, I think a subtitle could be boundaries. I, I had well, never thought about that. But uh, Book of Proverbs is filled with that because guess what it finally gets to in verse 28. Now, you can go back to that. I was going to say it. Okay, you read it then. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. And the word landmark there means a boundary. It does. Now, Bert, some of life's boundaries, there are relational boundaries. There are theological boundaries. Am I right, Bert? You got and, it. Would you speak to that? I'm talking as an individual Christian, as a church, even as a nation, some of the moral and theological boundaries that we ought to never lose. What are some of those, Bert? They all are connected with our relationship with God, the boundaries that we have in our marriage. You remember the marital pledge you made, keep yourself only to your spouse. That's it, husband to wife that wife to her husband, and everything else. No, it's not a part of that. So those boundaries, the boundaries that you have connected with even your money, God says a tenth, a tithe, and that's a boundary. The seventh day that he set aside again for that boundary. So what do we do today? We set aside to worship him. 
Now, I believe it was transitioned, honestly, in the New Testament to the first day of the week that we set that aside, that as a, as a community we come together. But all of these are boundaries, boundaries with what we let into our heart, Alex. Guard your hearts. That's a boundary. Be careful what your words come out of your mouth. We will be held accountable for every idle word. There's another boundary. So these mm. boundaries are for us. Uh, God knows he's made us. He's the one that knows what we need, and he has put those boundaries within the word of God and that we can know them. And the Bible says, oh, that's the law. No, it's the Bible says it's written on our hearts once we come in relationship with him. And according to the book of Ezekiel, we he took away that stony heart and put a heart of flesh that feels and knows and understands those boundaries, Alex. So I love verse 28, and it's something similar is repeated in the next chapter uh, when it says in verse 10, do not remove the ancient landmark yeah. or enter the fields of the fatherless. So those are boundaries. We had a writer, uh, a, a person come in on Word and says those two different boundaries. I don't think they are. I think, though, that uh, it's it's big, as you said it well, and I'll turn it back over to you, it's bigger than the boundaries of a territory in property. It's the boundaries uh, that God has set in our lives as well. Amen. Amen. And let me say this. You need to have convictions. They need to be biblically informed convictions. And you need to, there There ought to be some things in your life that are just never up for a vote. Bert, I know so many churches and denominations and formerly deno- denominational schools and colleges, well, suddenly homosexuality after, you know, uh, six millennia of human history, it was a sin. Suddenly it's not a sin anymore. I'm like, so we're... The Bible and godly leaders throughout all of history, were they wrong? Even was, was Jesus wrong on this? I don't think so. And so the boundary, the theological, the moral, the relational boundaries, the epistemic, epistemology is knowledge. Uh, look, there are just some things that are not up for a vote. And part of the reason that critical race theory and wokeness has infected the country to such a degree that I, I, I really think our stability and constitutionality as a nation has been jeopardized is because there are things that we are now viewing as true that we always knew were false. Amen. And there are things that we've accepted that we really should never have even let into the conversation. Highlight Proverbs twenty two twenty eight: Do not remove the ancient boundaries which your fathers have set. We're going to take phone calls in the rest of the program. That number is 888-589-8840. We would love to have your Bible question today. Friendships is offering an exciting opportunity for young adults who want to grow in their walk with God, become physically fit, and learn relief ministry while serving in the Middle East. This is an amazing opportunity to serve God and experience Israel. Check out Seahawks one-year scholarship program at friendships.org or call 337-433-5022. That's 337-433-5022. The next session begins August 19th. Today's Issues, offering understanding and encouragement. To those of you who may be worried, let me remind you that our God reigns. AFA President Tim Wildman is joined by a host of godly voices to help make sense of the news of the day. Once they take the word experimental off of it, I might feel better about it. It's only a few outlets like you at American Family Radio that are bothering to report it. Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, 
MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that'll pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65+. Here's the number, 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE, 833-45-BIBLE. For judgment will again be righteous, and all the upright in heart will follow it. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Evan Lambert is a journalist with News Nation, covering the massive train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. He attended Governor Mark DeWin's press conference about the matter and asked one too many questions. Lambert was then arrested for charges, including criminal trespassing. He was then released from custody with all charges dropped. Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost said, My office has reviewed the relevant video and documentary evidence and is dismissing the charges against Evan Lambert as unsupported by sufficient evidence. Local journalists being arrested for doing their First Amendment-protected jobs? We've turned a bad corner in America. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Colossians 1.13 American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I know the answer to every question. The one solution to every fear. I know my help and where it comes from. Jesus, he is the answer. Well, I agree with that song lyric that Jesus, he is the answer. And uh, did you hear that song lyric? It said, I know the answer to every question. Do you know why? Because we know Jesus, and he is truth, John 14, 6. Well, welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bird here. Hey, the number, toll-free nationwide, if you've got a Bible question, the number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. And again, I mentioned AFR.net. You can listen to archived shows, not only Exploring the Word, but all of the just, I believe, incredible programming from today's issues, airing the Addisons, Hamilton Corner, and Bert, you know, so much that the Lord does through these shows and through this network to, uh, I guess we might say, uh, equip the saved and persuade the lost. Amen. We hear a lot of comments about people. They they found AFR and they started listening, and it helped. Some lives were changed and other lives were strengthened, and we're praying that we're doing that. Well, Alex, let's go to the phone lines, and we go to Texas and talk to Jack. Welcome, Jack. Hey, good afternoon, brothers. I just called to pray with you. Uh, Heavenly Father, I come here with these brothers and just lift them up to you and pray that you just continue to guide them and protect them as they uh, teach your word, dear God. I pray that the listeners would have their ears open, that uh, their hearts and minds would be instilled to you. I pray you would continue to give these brothers the answers and uh, biblical answers to Answer these questions, dear Lord, to those that are uh, calling in. Uh, pray over the ministry right now that you continue to guide them and protect them. Be with them physically and mentally, Lord, to uh, instill others to join them and to tie them to the ministry. I uh, ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jack, Amen. thank you, thank brother. You. <laughs> and and we, we encourage all of you, uh, call in from time to time. But pray for Alex and myself that we would be faithful to the Word of God. That I mean, honestly, uh, that's our desire to make much of Jesus and be faithful to his Word. Thank you, Jack. Let's go to Arkansas and talk to Luke. Luke, welcome. Good afternoon, gentlemen. First of all, I want to say thank you for all you guys do. We really appreciate your ministry. Uh, However, my question is, Bert, on the last one, we were talking about boundaries, and you were using the, ver- the verses in Proverbs. Uh, you referenced the Sabbath and the command of the Sabbath, which I personally take very seriously along with all the commands. 
Uh, but you said that your personal conviction was based on scriptures in the New Testament that changed the Sabbath from the seventh day, which is very clearly commanded all throughout scriptures, to the first day. And while there are texts in the New Testament that say that they gathered on the first day, uh, that was clearly because they were keeping the Sabbath, and all of the work involved for hosting and gathering was not able to be done on the Sabbath, so they did it on the first. But you made reference to the, the New Testament specifically, and so my question is, is can you give me specific verses that explicitly change the Sabbath from the seventh day of the week as it was commanded from the beginning of creation to the first day of the week, which wasn't changed until about 350 A.D. And by okay, uh, listen, Luke, we've gone through this, and I, we, have, we value people that yeah, one day a week keep it, worship the Lord. That's the whole idea is worship him. But the New Testament church and Jesus appeared to them. I, I'm going through the book of John where I'm interim pastor, and many of his uh, miracles was done on the Sabbath. And in the latter part of it, Alex, he was doing it on purpose because uh, he was he was, he was was getting those Pharisees and the Sanhedrin ready for his hour had come to the, go to the cross. But then they gathered on the first day of the week. They were yeah. gathered there. They had gathered before on the Sabbath day. That was the Old Testament. They, they could walk to the Sabbath and and the synagogue. That was under the Pharisaical law. But in the New Testament, Luke, it shows them gathering. And when did Jesus appear to them? Not on the Sabbath day, but on the first day of the week when they were gathered together. And uh, with all my heart, uh, brother, I listen, gather together. But every one of the Ten Commandments is repeated in the New Testament except yeah. the Sabbath day. Alex, go ahead. Yeah, let me and and brother, God bless you, and I appreciate your your diligence to be faithful to the Lord. Um, here's the thing: Mark sixteen one and Luke twenty four. No, I'm sorry, Mark sixteen two, Mark sixteen verse two, and Luke twenty four verse one. Each of those says very early on the first day of the week they they had seen the empty tomb and they worshipped on the first day of the week. Now we're not saying that the ancient Jewish Sabbath got changed, quote-unquote. It didn't. The ancient Jews observed a Saturday Sabbath. What we are saying is that because the law was fulfilled in Jesus, we don't have to keep the law. Now, if you want to keep a Saturday Sabbath, wonderful, good for you. But here, let me read from Galatians 3. Um, it says this in verse 3 of Galatians 3, um, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? And it goes on. I would urge everybody to read Galatians three ten through 14. And it says that Christ redeemed us from the law by faith. So um, I think it's wonderful to devote a day during the week to rest. But the Sabbath, keeping that Saturday Sabbath, has nothing whatsoever to to do with salvation through faith in Jesus, Bert. Uh, they, the early church worshiped on Sunday morning because that was Resurrection Day, the first day of the week. And uh, I, I don't know how often we can emphasize this. I mean, the Sabbath was Saturday. It's fine to take a day off. But your relationship with Jesus has zero to do with keeping a Saturday Sabbath. Exactly right. Let me just share with you. Our hearts are, are wanting to please the Lord. And I use this, the Sabbath really celebrated creation more than the law, you know, yeah, exactly. And, and, and that creation was celebrated and the law continued that celebration of observing that day. And when the crea uh, when the resurrection happened, it was the celebration of the resurrection. The two big issues in the Bible is creation and redemption. The Sabbath looks back on creation. The, the, the Sunday, first day of the week, looks toward the, the resurrection. But praise God, the main thing is worshiping the Lord. And Luke, thank you, man. We, we do appreciate you so, so very much. Let's go to Indiana and talk to Shelly. Shelly, welcome. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, you're on. Yeah. Thank you for calling today. Hi. Um. I'm so glad. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. I listen to you every day. Um, I am a re uh, recovering 
alcoholic. I'm in Walmart. <laughs> and, um, you know, one of, the, one of the things you have to do in recovery is to, you know, make a conscious contact with your higher power. And I've been doing this for five years, and I've been sober for over five, almost six years coming up in May. Amen. And Amen. I Congratulations. With, thank you. It's, it's been great, except for that, for the doggone God part. And I want to believe, and I do believe, and I ask every day, but I never can tell if if there's the contact is there. Is okay. there? Uh, okay. I mean, yeah. Shaley, we're hearing you. We're, in other words, this higher power that you're talking about, uh, there's only one higher power that you can have a relationship with that is real. The other anything you look to anything else would be something that could fail you and and not be there but through the power of God in Jesus Christ you can know this person uh Alex uh that's the great part about it that we can know God wants us to know him and we mm-hmm. can know him can't we we really can um is the caller still on the yeah, line yeah Shelly's still online Shelly, hey, yeah, I'm so honored I'm that you'd here. be listening. I, and I believe that it's Jesus, so. Amen. So has there been a, a time when you, in your heart, you said, Dear Jesus, I believe in you, and please wash my sins away and save me? Have you have you had that moment when you personally put your trust in Jesus? Well, I feel like I have. I, I mean, I do it all the time. I just don't yeah. know. Yeah. I just don't know if it's there, if he's there, if he's. Yeah. You know, I haven't well, had a, like a an awakening, I guess, you know, they call it. Well, let's do this. Let's do this because there, there are other people listening and they might have questions, too. Um, I want you and I to pray together and we're going to do that. But first, I want to just share a, a scripture in John six thirty seven. Jesus said, the one who comes to me, I will in no way reject. And so. Sometimes people say they have a real good feeling or they have emotions or shed tears of joy, and that's fine. But regardless of whether emotions, you feel anything or not, your relationship with the Lord is based on his word. And, and Shelley, we know God God doesn't lie, does he? No. Right. And so he said, Absolutely the one not. who comes to me. So why don't we pray this prayer? And on this day, which is February 23rd, 2023, at uh, 4.53 Eastern time, you're never going to have to wonder again because you're going to make sure. And I want to say, everybody listening, if you want to make sure too, why don't you, like Shelly, pray something like this. Shelly, can you and I pray together right now? Would you pray with me? Absolutely. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Yes, sir. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask you to forgive my sins. I ask you to forgive my sins. And save my soul. And save my soul. And make me your child. And make me your child. Help me to grow in my relationship with you. Help me to grow in my relationship with you. And become everything you made me to be. And become everything you made me to be. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, Shelly, you yeah. were sincere, weren't you? Oh, my gosh, yes, I was. I believe it. And do you know what? I Jesus, did. on the authority of God's word, he has promised to hear you. And hang on, Shelly, but listen to this. Folks, wherever you are, if you prayed a prayer like that from your heart to God, and you, you, you said, look, the best way I know how, I'm putting my trust in Jesus, who promised to love me. And folks, Jesus would not mislead you. Jesus will not lie. He said, if you come to me, I will not reject you. So, Shelly, now I've heard you pray, and I know you're sincere, and you've trusted Jesus. So you're his child, aren't you? Yes, I am. Amen. 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 Shelly, let me show you. We're going to nail it down. 
Yeah, you nailed it down today. There's a lot of people they prayed, but on this day, it is nailed down. Do you have a Bible, Shelly? I have like five. <laughs> okay, get one of those or all five of them and write down February the 23rd, 2023, Jesus Christ dwells in me. And Amen. you're going to hang up. We want to get your address. Richard's going to uh, talk with you and get your address, and we want to send you uh, one of the books that Alex and I have written. You may want to send another one, but we want to send you 100 questions and answers because it yeah. really is a discipleship book. Uh, yeah. A lot of folks have gotten hold of it, and they said, man, the questions that are, are asked and the answers that are given are those that help me grow in Christ and so, Shelly, we want to do that for you today. So be Praise sure God. and give that address. And everybody out there, we, we ask you for prayer request. We're asking you to write down the name of Shelly from Indiana, and you're praying for her. Amen. But let's give God praise. Uh, sometimes we're guilty of asking, and then we don't praise him when we should. So, Shelly, thank you for calling. That's exciting. Alex, amen. 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 And hey, Bert, I got to say something real quick. Yeah, go You've ahead. You've all heard of Charles Spurgeon, probably. Hey, Bert, am I right? Spurgeon was probably one of the best preachers that ever lived, uh, he, right? I, we could not hear him. I've got three different uh, groups of books, all by Spurgeon. Every sermon I've ever read, he's one of the greatest well, preachers ever lived. Spurgeon said that he went through a time of he worried, uh, is God really in my life? If I died, would I go to heaven? Do I? And Spurgeon said what got him off of the treadmill of doubt, he said, I decided I have to take the Bible for what it says. And the Bible promises if we put our trust in Jesus, he would save us. And so I, I know I, I, I was on that treadmill of worrying and Bert. When I was in my early 20s, I, every night I would pray the sinner's prayer, and then I got in the Word of God, and it says that if we have put our trust in Jesus, He has washed our sins away. And so, Bert, I just feel like it's very liberating and very empowering when we take the Scriptures at face value. Amen. And read the book of 1 John. There's five times it says in 1 John that you may know that you may know God wants us to know. Let me tell you what happened to me. I saved at 12, but I had doubts. But as a 17-year-old boy, I lay in bed one night, and I was afraid of going to hell. And all of a sudden, mm. I, I said, you know, Lord, I'm fearful. And I said, if I go to hell, I'm going to go to hell believing in Jesus. And all of a sudden, I, I heard how foolish that was and how foolish it sounded. Because I had trusted Jesus Christ, hell was not in my future. It was Amen. God in heaven. Is God in heaven in your future? Nail it down today. If you need help, that number you can call is 1-800-NEED-HIM. 1-800-NEED-HIM. Call upon him today. Alex, we'll do Fire Away Friday tomorrow, and we can talk to Gary, Laura, and, and others, Marty, that we didn't get to today. Thank you for calling Exploring the Word. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.